Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast would be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Let's look at Mark chapter 4. Let's look at Mark chapter 4. This music ministry has blessed us powerfully today. Grateful for them and how they've set us up for this encounter. Mark chapter 4. Commencing at verse 35, it's familiar to so many of us, but Mark chapter 4, commencing at verse 35, you'll find these words translated from Greek into English in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible this way. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in, Jesus was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. God, we love you today because of the gentleness of your presence a gentleness that is so obvious every day we awaken. God, we are grateful to be lifted by just the sheer thought that you know us, the sheer thought that we are journeying, co-creating a life with you. God, we're encouraged by the thought that even in the midst of the chronic, the perilous uncertainty that has been this year, The fact that we're still here is already a miracle. So God, thank you for allowing us to be miracles and miracle workers at the same time. And we give you glory for the word and the experience virtually that is going to impact the living of our days. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Jesus says at verse 35, it says, let us go across to the other side. For time that is ours to share this morning, I want to think on the thought between between productivity and possibilities. Between productivity and possibilities. I'm learning more and more as I live that the hardest part of success is attempting to outdo my last good. I'm learning more and more that the greatest enemy to greatness is actually goodness. 
that so often we allow ourselves to become cemented in those places that remind us of our gifts, those places that remind us of our productivity, those places that remind us of how good we are, that we never even dare to imagine that there are other places that actually create space for us to be better than we've ever been before. So often we find ourselves cementing, paralyzing ourselves, drilling ourselves down into those places that that feed our egos, those places that remind us that there is something good about us, those places that have the tendency to trap us in time because we do not believe that we could ever be better in the next moment than we are in this moment. Many of us find ourselves trapped between uh, productivity and possibility because there's something about us that does not believe that we actually have the capacity to reach beyond what we've already produced. We, we allow our good to become the ceilings on our lives that we never even believe that we can shatter it, that we can burst through it, that we can crack open new opportunities for us to go where we've never gone, be who we've never been, do what we've never done, and see what we've never seen because we allow ourselves to become addicted to what we've already produced that we no longer have the imagination, the hunger, the thirst for new possibilities. There's a certain danger of losing your growing edge. There's a certain danger of allowing yourself to believe that you've graduated out of your own growth. It is dangerous to get to the place where you allow yourself to embrace or accept the fact that this is all your life will ever be. And then you become so numb to tomorrow because you're so excited about yesterday. There is an intoxicating danger of being addicted to the moment. There's an intoxicating danger of settling for your past goodness, of celebrating for, of settling for the celebrations that are in your rearview mirror. It is dangerous to ever get to the point where you believe you've done your best deed. This is where we find the disciples today. We find these disciples in this text, they, they've been drawn to Jesus. They've been drafted into this opportunity to spread uninhibited life. They, they've been drafted into a nonviolent army of possibilities. They have been told that there is an ever-evolving sense of life and love and joy and hope that is within them. They have seen miracles where they are. They, they have seen lives transformed where they are. They've seen Peter's mother-in-law come back from a death-dealing situation where they are. And Jesus says, after all of the success, after all of the miracles you've seen, after all of the lessons and the learnings, after all of the possibilities that you, and the productivity that you've seen on this shore, let's go to the other side. Jesus invites them in this moment to figure out what it means to let go of the familiar in order to reach into the mouth of the foreign and believe that in the foreign there's just as much power over there as there has been over here. 
When we find Jesus and the disciples in this text, we find them uh, really the part of this text that is that becomes the most appealing is the fact that we find them in the middle of a sea that has been that has been tortured, a sea that is turbulent. We find them in this sea, but the only way we find them in the midst of this chaotic sea turbulent moment is because they had to get to the place where they were able to leave the shores of productivity in in search of shores of possibilities. And it is in between, while they're suspended between the productivity of yesterday and the possibility of tomorrow, as there's sailing between the productivity of yesterday's shores towards the possibilities of tomorrow's shores, the text indicates that a, that a storm arises. And maybe this is what life teaches us. Maybe life really teaches us that in the middle of chaotic sea turbulent mess, in the middle of moments where we are trying to figure out what God is really up to and we're trying to figure out what is next for our life, it is in between the good of yesterday and the potential great of tomorrow that we find ourselves in the middle of chaotic mess. I love this text. I love this text because when they come to Jesus as they are navigating from the shores of yesterday to the shores of tomorrow, we find that they encounter Jesus in the middle of a chaotic sea turbulent mess and Jesus is asleep. I love this because what it shows us is that new shores await all of us. New shores and new possibilities and new assignments, they await us. But there is possibly some danger along the journey. And, and this is an interesting theological point because we believe and we've been taught that the safest place in all the world is in the will of God. The safest place in all the world is when you're right where God wants you to be. But what happens when the very place where God has invited you to go to is the place where chaos seizes your imagination? What happens when you find yourself in the middle of chaos, in the middle of mess, and it's not because that you are in the wrong place. It is not because of your disobedience. It is not because because you're not gifted enough. It's not because uh, Satan is tormenting you. But what happens when you find yourself in the middle of a chaotic mess? And it's because you had the courage to say yes to God. I, 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 and this is a powerful theological point because sometimes our theologies will lie to us to the point that we believe that every moment that is filled with chaos is a God-abandoned moment. But there are sometimes that in the middle of the chaos, God is trying to teach us something not about God, but God wants to teach us something about us. They are in search of new shores. They're, they're in search of new opportunities. I like that right there because many of us, uh, we find ourselves unable to venture towards new shores uh, because we are addicted to past productivity. We, we become distracted by what we used to do well. We become distracted by where our gifts have been made most alive that we never allow ourselves to reach for new shores. We, we never allow ourselves to venture into 
new places, I'll say it again, on the shores where they have been, on the shores on the Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee. They've had great experiences and and demonstrations of power but Jesus is now inviting them from the familiar shores on the Jewish side of the Sea of Galilee into the foreign shores of the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee and on the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee there's hostility waiting for them on the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee they see that there's potential opposition waiting for them but what I love is is that the same power that Jesus and the disciples demonstrate on their old shore of the Sea of Galilee is the same kind of power that God is inviting them to unleash on the foreign, the unexpected, the new, the fresh shores on the Gentile side of the Sea of Galilee. And I wish there was somebody that was watching today who could really find it in yourself to thank God that there's still some new shores waiting for your feet to touch. That you should thank God that within you there's some new shores that have have your name on it. Uh, am I talking to anybody anywhere that can thank God for the shores uh, where you lived your old best dream? Uh, the shores where you pursued your old best goals? Uh, am I talking to anybody who can look back over your life uh, even in the middle of a 2020 once in a once in a century pandemic uh, and thank God for the things you were able to produce, the dreams uh, you were able to pursue, the goals you were able to manifest? Uh, I thank God for every old shore that I was able to demonstrate my anointing. Every old shore where I was able to build a business. Every old shore where I was able to collect degrees uh, and open up opportunities. Uh, never allow yourself uh, to disregard the power of the old shores that reminded you of what you could do. But I need somebody in this stream uh, who could thank God that there's still new shores waiting for you. Uh, that you can thank God uh, after every success you've had, uh, there's another shore with your name on it. After every goal you've achieved, there's another shore calling you by your first name. Is there anybody watching that could thank God that there's some new shores that Jesus is ushering you toward, selling you toward? But here's the problem that sometimes between the shores of the familiar and the shores of fresh possibilities, chaos may grip your imagination. I like this. I like this because I find myself sometimes the hardest thing to do is to press go. The hardest thing to do is to press forward when I have been told that my yesterday is the best I could be because yesterday was better than I ever thought my life could be. That I no longer believe that I can outdo what I've already done between a shore of productivity and a shore of possibilities. These workers of the way encounter the sea of chaos. They, 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 they now have to lean in and figure out what that following Jesus will sometimes lead through chaos. That they have to figure out that sometimes being in the very place where God wants them to be as they're leaving a shore of productivity, headed towards a shore of possibility, that sometimes things will arise that will make you feel as if you have no control over your life. Uh, it's Antonio Gramsci that says the, cr the crisis really consists in the fact that the old is dying and the new cannot be born and therefore we live with the morbid symptoms of where we are. 
is that we find ourselves in a place where we can't live with the old, but we're too afraid to birth the new. And then we live in a posture of death, in a posture of defeatism, in a posture of escapism, in a posture where it feels as if there's nothing left. But I need somebody in the chat that can thank God that when you are shore pursuing, storm braving, you can assault the tendency to settle for previous productivity when new possibilities are calling you by your name am I talking to anybody that can thank God that storm pursued that shore pursuing storm braving spirituality will put your life right where it needs to be will put your life in a place where your chaos can become a platform for your deliverance your chaos can become a platform for you to reinvent yourself everybody's been waiting for a new year well God doesn't care about the calendar God wants to know this is not about a new year God wants to know are you willing to be a new you? Are you willing to be a sword chasing, storm braving disciple that says I can't settle for where I've been because there's something else with my name on it? Without warning, that's what the text says. The text says, without warning, as they are journeying with Jesus, without warning, a, a windstorm arrives. This is when cool and dry air of the hills that surround the sea meets the warm, moist air directly around the sea. The storm turns into a place of death. Without warning, they find themselves in the middle of a storm in the ancient imagination. Storms, water, and wind combine together was supposed to represent chaos and disorder. Here it is that they find themselves in the middle of a chaotic, disordering situation that's natural. I gotta say that because sometimes we like to over-spiritualize our lives. There are moments that we want the chaos to be Satan-sent. There are moments where we want the chaos to be God-sent or God-ordained. But what if what you're going through is just because in the natural course of life, you will go through some things. In the natural course of life, things will try to break you and diminish you in the natural course of life. There are things that will try to wound your spirit and cripple your imagination in the normal course of life. There are things that will try to hold you back. But I want somebody to say that even when my crisis is natural, even when my crisis is just a symptom of what it means to be alive, I have some resources within me that even when I feel powerless, even when I feel like I'm not in control, even when I feel like I'm a pawn in the chaotic context that has me even when I feel like my life is a mess I have to remind myself that there's some power in me to survive the chaos from one shore to the next shore and there's somebody watching today who's in transition and the chaos and the turbulence is trying to strangle your next step your next breath your next worship your next prayer your next move but I need somebody to say I am I'm a visionary, I'm a dreamer, and I'm a doer. And the new you, the me you see today, uh, is not the last me you will see. Uh, because I'm gonna let this chaos uh, turn me into who God needs me to be. I like this. I like this. The text says that, that in the middle of the chaos, the, the winds of instability and the floods uh, of the unwanted, that their boats are shaking and sinking. Uh, and sometimes doesn't that feel like life? Uh, it feels like everything around me is shaking and sinking. Sometimes that's the only feelings I know how to feel as if I'm going under and as if I'm unstable in life. Uh, and that's how so many of us find ourselves. We find ourselves uh, shaking 
in by the winds of instability and flooded by the unwanted in life. Life can be shaken by death and flooded with grief. It can be shaken by failure and flooded with insecurities. It can be shaken by abuse and flooded with hopelessness. It can be shaken by divorce and flooded with regret. Have you ever felt shaking and sinking? Your life can be shaken by injustice and flooded by powerlessness. Shaken by debt and flooded by uncertainty. Shaken by drugs and filled with dependency. Have you ever been shaking and sinking in any season of your life? You can be shaken by incarceration and filled with disillusion. Chaos can shake your life and flood your life. You can be shaken by change and flooded with confusion. Shaken by tragedy and filled with trauma. Shaken by sickness and filled with pain. Shaken by rejection and flooded with loneliness. But there's somebody ought to be clear that even when I'm shaking and I'm sinking, that there's a resource on board that gives me the power to press forward. I need somebody anywhere that can say, no, I have another resource. What my eyes see are not the all is not the only thing there is because even when my life is shaking and sinking, there's a shore with my name on it. And if the shore has my name on it, the shaking will not stop me. The sinking will not stop me because I have another resource on board that will put my life in overdrive. This is what blesses me, Pastor. It's because, Pastor Mike, this is what blesses me. It's because they're shaking and sinking. And the first thing they think to do is go to Jesus. And this is what blesses me is that when they go to Jesus, Jesus is asleep. Their temptation is to wake Jesus, just like our impulse is to pull on God. Too many of us do the same thing through incessant complaining, despairing attitudes, prayer withdrawal, and unloading anger. We find ourselves reaching for God to be a safety net. And here's what I love is that when they approach Jesus, who represents the divinity in this text, when they approach Jesus, they find Jesus is asleep. Now, this is why it blesses me, because I've learned how to be grateful when the divine operates antithetical to my expectations, because sometimes God has to defy my wants in order for me to see what I already have, that sometimes God has to say no to what I think I need in order for me to realize I am all I need. I need somebody who can thank God that you are already equipped and prepared for this next shaking and sinking. And you have to understand that in those moments where God operates against where you want God to operate or how you want God to operate, maybe it's God trying to tell you that you already have what you need. I'm right there in the text. The Bible says that Jesus is asleep in the middle of the same storm that has them crying, Jesus is asleep. In the middle of the same storm that has them frantic, Jesus is asleep. In the middle of the same storm that has them losing their minds, Jesus is asleep. I like this. I like this. Because remember, if you remember, there are at least four of Jesus' disciples that are fishermen. Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They knew the Sea of Galilee. These four fishermen, they were recruited into Jesus' campaign for life, but before they became followers of Jesus, they knew this sea. They had slept on this sea. They had found fish
fish in this sea. They made a living on this same sea. They knew what it was for the Sea of Galilee to turn into a sea of death. Why? Because the Sea of Galilee was known for being a place of violent storms. In fact, everybody knew that somebody, everybody knew someone who had gone out on the Sea of Galilee and never returned because it was a sea that was known for random storms. It was a sea that was known for random engagements of violence and hate. It was a, a sea that was known for the things that could deny life and threaten life. And I thought about this again, that at least a third of Jesus' disciples understood the power of, the, of surviving storms. Because if you were a fisherman one day, you knew the, the, the threat that the Sea of Galilee could pose to you on any day, which meant these four disciples, Peter, James, Andrew, and John, they had already survived storms on this sea. They had already survived the water and the waves on this sea. They had already survived the wind and the tormenting water on this sea. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying here today is that there were already four people on board who already knew that a storm could arise. There were already four people on board who knew what it felt like to survive those storms, which is probably why Jesus was able to go to sleep. And Jesus going to sleep was not a sign that he was disinterested in their survival, but Jesus was able to go to sleep because they had already potentially survived storms on this sea before. And so maybe the silence of God that you've been wrestling with is not a sign of divine evacuation, but maybe what you are wrestling with in divine silence is God telling you that I trust you because of what you've already pressed through. I trust you because you what you've already survived. I trust you because of the storms you've already sailed through. I wish I had somebody watching this morning that could thank God that you already have a repertoire of survival and the thing that you believe can threaten your tomorrow today is already something you have a history of overcoming and surviving. I need somebody anywhere that can just thank God for the trust of God that God can see you in the middle of a storm and tell you you got this. That God can see you in the middle of a divorce and say you got this. God can find you in the middle of whatever crisis you can put a name on it and God says you have this. I need some storm some storm surviving folk who are watching this morning that can thank God that that silence you hear is not abandonment but that's God saying no go ahead and do what you do. Is there anybody anywhere that can look back over your life and thank God for every memory of what you've already pressed through. A memory of what you've already lived through. A memory. I thank God for a hermeneutic of memory because in the moment where I feel like I'm sinking and I'm shaking I just need to fetch a memory that reminds me I've survived something like this before. I've crawled through
through something like this before. I've climbed out of stuff like this before. You need to tell yourself, stop having amnesia about your past victories and start telling yourself you can make it to the next shore because there's survivor in your DNA. I wish there was somebody that could say, no, I got the survivor gene. I know what it means to press through the chaos, to press through the hell, to press through the pain. And I can do it because God tells me that God trusts me. Anybody been wrestling with some divine silence? You feel as if God has been on mute? Won't you upgrade your theology and tell yourself, no, God trusts me for this. God can trust me through this financial situation. God can trust me through this betrayal. God can trust me through this loss. God can trust me through this pain. God can trust me through this heartache. Anybody else glad that God is not in the business of micromanaging our lives and coddling, coddling us in the middle of chaos? But God said, no, I'm going to take this one off and I'm going to let you do what you can do. Somebody ought to look back over yourself and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Somebody ought to look back over yourself and say, there's something about this that doesn't compare to me. There's something about the wind and the waves that does not compare to the power that's resident within me. Jesus was sleeping, but I thank God when God is silent and still, God is telling me that God trusts me. When God is silent and still, and it feels like there's nobody holding my hand, God is reminding me that I'm trusted. I know every year we hear people saying, I'm blessed and highly favored. Well, I'm not leaning on the cliches of yesterday. If you ask me how I'm doing, I'm not saying I'm blessed and highly favored, and I may be that too. But if you ask me how I'm doing, I'm just going to tell you I'm trusted. If you ask me how I'm going to get through this, I'm just going to say I'm trusted. If you ask me how I am, I'm going to say I'm trusted. If you ask me how I survived my last cancer scare, you ought to tell them I'm trusted. If you tell them how are you surviving all the memories you've been living with, you ought to say I'm trusted. Is there anybody that can say I thank God I'm trusted. God trusts me more than I trust God. But every day I wake up and God is still God, it's because I'm trusted to press through this pain, to press through this crisis, to press through this heartache. I need somebody that can thank God that because God trusts you, you can survive traumatic memories, terrifying moments, tragic misery, truculent members, tiring manipulators, treasonous motivators. You can thank God that you can get through every terrible matter because I'm trusted. You can thank God for being blessed and highly favored, but I thank God that I'm trusted. I thank God that God sees my strength when I don't see my strength. I thank God that God sees my durability when I feel like falling apart. I thank God that God sees that I'm holding it together when everything in me just wants to give up. Where are my trusted people on the web today that can say, God, I thank you for trusting me when I can't see me. God, thank 
thank you uh, for trusting me uh, when I just want to give up. Uh, they say, Jesus, uh, master, uh, do you not care that we perish? Uh, and Jesus wakes up. And when Jesus wakes up, uh, I love that Jesus, uh, he goes to the wind and the waves uh, and he says uh, to them, peace be still. Uh, well, in fact, that's really not what Jesus says uh, because one, Jesus doesn't speak Greek, uh, but the writer puts in Jesus' mouth uh, these words that we translate uh, as peace be still. Uh, but really, that's the way we sanitize Jesus. Uh, Jesus doesn't look at the wind and the waves uh, and says, peace be still. Uh, in fact, it's a little more guttural than that. Uh, Jesus looks at the winds and the waves uh, and says, shut up. Uh, he looks at the winds and the waves uh, and says, muzzle yourself. Uh, and this is what's powerful. Uh, it's because Jesus turns to the disciples uh, after he shuts up the waves, uh, after he mutes the wind. Uh, Jesus goes to the disciples uh, and says, why don't you have any faith? Uh, now, Jesus is not saying, uh, why don't you believe? Uh, Jesus is saying, why don't you practice uh, what you've seen? Because uh, that's what it means to be a disciple. Uh, it's not believing that God uh, will make everything all right. Uh, it's believing that there's power in you uh, to do what you've seen Jesus do, uh, to do what you've seen God do. Uh, and sometimes you got to stand up uh, and do what Jesus does. What's this? Uh, you got to look at the wind and the waves in your life uh, and say, shut up. Uh, am I talking to anybody anywhere that can say, I thank God for that power in me uh, that I can look at my opposition. Uh, I can look at what's trying to overthrow me. Uh, I can look at what's threatening me. Uh, I can stare it in the face uh, and say, shut up. Uh, muzzle yourself. Uh, go on mute. Uh, I wish somebody anywhere uh, that can say, I'm turning the volume down uh, on all the things that are trying to drown out my courage uh, and drown out my faith uh, and drown out my power. Uh, isn't that what God shows us uh, in Genesis chapter 1? Uh, it says the earth was void uh, and formless uh, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Uh, and with one word, uh, God said, let there be light. Uh, and then darkness uh, and the chaos uh, had to do something different. Uh, and that's really what I'm trying to leave you with today uh, is that when you're struggling uh, between productivity and possibility, uh, when you're struggling between the good you've done uh, and the greatness that's calling you uh, and chaos tries to seize you, uh, you ought to do like God uh, and just start talking to the storm. Uh, you have to tell your storms uh, to shut up. Uh, let me say that a little better than that. You have to tell the chaos and the mess in your life uh, to shut up. Uh, I wish I had somebody huh, that can say I'm a storm speaker. Huh? I wish there was somebody that can say no I'm fluent in storm. Huh? I know how to tell my storms what to do. Huh? I don't allow my storms to speak to me huh? but I speak to my storms huh? and I'm looking at my crisis huh? and I'm saying shut up. Huh? Muzzle yourself. Huh? Go on mute. Huh? I wish there was somebody huh? anybody huh? that can thank God huh? that you have another language. Huh? I thank God for speaking English. I thank God for speaking Spanish. I thank God for speaking German and Portuguese and French. But I'm grateful that my multilingualness is not just connected to the languages you know, but I've got another language and that's called storm speaking. And in the middle of my storms, I'm opening my mouth and I'm saying shut up. Shut up to everything that wants to wound my spirit. Shut up uh, to everything that tries to downplay my greatness. Uh, 
shut up to everything that wants to devour my dreams. Somebody ought to just shout right at your house. Shut up to all the things that are not like what God is trying to push you toward because I still believe that greater is God that is in us than anything that's in the world and the power that's at work in me is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think did y'all hear what I just said I said the power that's at work in me the power that's at work in me is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think look at the opposition look at the undermining things and declare shut up this is my life shut up I'm walking with God shut up I'm living my best life shut up I'm moving where God needs me to go for God walks with me and talks with me and tells me that I belong to God and so even when God's not participating I'm grateful that God is still present I said God is with me won't God do it through you won't God push you where you need to go somebody ought to shout yes somebody ought to chat Yes, won't God do it? Won't God do it? Tell the storms, shut up. I'm in charge of this ship. Shut up. I'm sailing this forward. Shut up. I'm going where I've never gone. Doing what I've never done. Being who I've never been. Seeing what I've never seen. Because there's power. Hey, I said I've got power, wonder working power in my bones, in my belly, in my mouth. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.